Greetings. Welcome to another episode of the She Is Grace podcast. My guest today is Andrea Mosley. Andrea is a licensed professional counselor with a specialty in marriage and family therapy. She enjoys helping clients remember their true essence through manifesting their heart's desires. She specializes in developing journeys for clients that feel stuck and they know they need a change. Her belief is that life is good and wants to treat you well. Andrea can listen and discern what should happen for your next steps. Her gift is getting to it which has helped many create the desired life on their on their own terms. So welcome, Andrea. How are you today? I'm doing well, Deslin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for agreeing to be one, my guest as well. So let's jump right on in. Your quote, life is good and wants to treat you well. Can you expound on that a little bit, a little bit for the audience, please? Absolutely. So I came upon that quote for myself when I was experiencing what some may call a dark night of the soul. It was just a very challenging time in my life. And I remember asking, is this God's best for me? Wow. And from there, I just, it just evolved to, um, God wants the best for me and life. So to have the best life is going to treat me well. So I just, you know, expect wellness, wholeness, um, good things to happen. Even when situations may not be what I expect them to be. I know that it's always for, my benefit. So there's something else coming along or something I need to learn or something else that I need to do. So that's where I got the quote that I kind of just tell myself, life wants to treat you well. And that is awesome because look at you today, you're a psychotherapist. So God (laughs) had to take you through something to get to your journey today. So um, our topic today is dealing with anxiety and depression, and I guess more focus on anxiety more than anything. So we know that everyone has experienced a form of anxiety. What is the root cause of this? This uh, I, what I can I say disorder? What would you call it? I'm not. Sure. I'm not the medical professional. You are. <laughs> well, certainly we, as you mentioned, we all have some type of. Um, anxiety. We experience that when we're nervous or in a situation. However, there are additional factors that need to be in place before you receive a diagnosis of anxiety and, you know, long-term. But the root cause of it is just anything that you experience that you define as difficult. So each person can have, you know, maybe a traumatic experience, something stressful. Okay. Possibly using um, using substance use can cause you to have some anxiety, and there can be some personality issues where maybe we grew up in a home or family where just the, our environment was an anxious environment, so we developed to be you know anxious in some type of way. Wow! So even your uh, development as a child, we can grow up in. That's my first time hearing that that we can grow up in an environment as a child, and there's anxious. Uh, tension or moments and we create, we continue to grow in that as adults. Correct? Yes. Because then that's how you view the world. Like you view the world at, from a perspective of, an, you know, of some anxiety. I need to be concerned about this. I need to be worried about this. I need to wonder about this. Whereas, you know, some people are in the world and they, you, we've seen them where they can appear to have no worries and they're just totally relaxed. Wow. Okay. Well, I know many years ago uh, after my divorce, I can remember thinking that I wasn't going to make it. I I experienced anxiety and I knew that the enemy was truly in my mind daily with those negative, negative thoughts. And I know by my experience, if it wasn't for me meditating on scripture and 
and trusting God more and just really just diving down, trying to grow my faith foundation. I don't know where I, where I would be today because I'm telling I mean, I couldn't sleep. I mean, it was just bad. It was I even had to go to the doctor. And that's when the running came in uh, many, many years ago as well. My doctor advised me 15 years ago to start exercising uh, more. And that's when the running came in. I saw a shift as well. So that that's it's it's something that I know that we have to deal with daily, but I know others deal with it at a higher higher level, correct? Definitely an over it can be seen as an overthinker, but I don't think many people realize that um, you know, just according to our intelligence level, we have more thoughts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some people can have, you know, I think the range is between 40 to 60,000 thoughts mm-hmm. per day. So wait, stop. Some people 40 to 60,000 thoughts a day. Let's hope those are at least it could be, you know, how you many pure thoughts? <laughs> it's like how many like positive thoughts I wonder. <laughs> now, see, no, wait, that's we not inside your head. Right, that's, I know. That's I'm just wondering. It's like, wow, I'm hoping it's it's more positive for me. Of course it is. Yeah. But, you know, I have to work on that. Yes. Right. We, we're all hoping is more positive. But um, studies have shown that it's not more positive, which is why we have the feelings that we have. We are not just trained in a way to think positive all the time. A lot of times, you know, think about the sayings that we have, you know, I'm, I'm happy. So I know something bad getting ready to happen. or I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, you don't, we don't pay attention to how we've been indoctrinated into these thoughts that contribute to how we view life and our perspective and that it can, can create situations, um, feeling of anxiousness. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. How about depression? What's the root cause of depression? Because again, um, I know we talked a little bit beforehand about this, but I kept thinking I was in a deep, dark place after my mom died in 2018. And for three weeks, it's like I was in like a stuck in a rut or kind of a dark place. So can death and grief um, be attached to depression once you explain the root cause of depression? Well, you know, depression is like uh, identified as continuing difficulty. So it's, again, you know, we go through, there's a diagnostic tool that we use and we ask multiple questions of different symptoms that you have. And it's it's a compilation of multiple things that move you to a, a diagnosis of depression. But, you know, that's something that has happened in the past, such as like maybe you've had a long-term medical issue or unemployment, or you're in a violent relationship, those type of things, you know, that's, that's going on for years or, you know, over six months that can contribute to symptoms of depression. As far as grief, when someone passes, that's, you know, you're grieving, you're mourning that loss. And that's not necessarily um, depression. That's just, I'm sad. Um, about this person's departure. So you are going to have some changes in your routine. You are going to have some shifts, maybe in your eating habits, how your sleeping habits, because this physical presence, this person that you love, this person that you carried in your heart is no longer here with you. Wow. Well said, well said. Because I know that to me, I know, and I know you would agree with this, that being in a deep, dark place, such as depression, depression can be dangerous at some point. Is that do you agree? Is that something that it, it absolutely can? Like when you can no longer, like you really need to get help or encourage someone to get help when you see that there's a change, like they're not performing their daily habits or things that 
brought you pleasure before don't bring you pleasure anymore? Are you just not, you know, your hygiene has changed. Like they're not keeping themselves up in the way they used to. Maybe they stopped combing their hair. They're not bathing every day. Those are definite signs like, you know, you want to talk to the person or if it's you personally, you want to get some help. Wow. Well said again. Um, Okay. Next, uh, what are some of the common practices that uh, individuals utilize to numb with the pain that they're experiencing? What do they normally do? What do they gravitate to? Well, we can, that certainly there are people that, you know, they seem like you self-medicate. So you may be using some type of substance use. Um, people may have, you know, a sec- need, need an intimacy or a connection. So they're in uh, maybe some unsafe safe relationships or, um, sexual relationships, you know, sex addiction. Also, you can, you're shopping or you're spending money, you know, you're just trying to escape. You're trying to do anything you can to stop that feeling, but it just does not go away because you have to like address what's really happening. Right. Wow. Wow. The retail therapy. Wow. I well, mean, you it's know, not that's funny, but one. I'm just saying, especially, not... <laughs> yes, especially for ladies. Well, I was going to say know, that we're, women, we're... that's probably the number one thing for them, right? Maybe. Right. Therapy. We're shopping. Yes. Cause you're, you're, we're, we're doing what we can, you know, externally to make ourselves feel better. And you, the thing is, it becomes like a, a, a problem because you feel better in the moment when you've made the purchase, you know, but then it wears off. So then you got to do it again. So that's what happens with everything. It's not a, long-term lasting right, solution. Right. And seem like to me, the only solution is Jesus. I mean, that's the only solution I would, I mean, I could, we both can agree on is that focusing on God is a solution as well. Plus the therapy as well, coupled with that together. So why are there, why is there such shame and expression expressing, I'm sorry, that we need help and we are suffering in silence? Um, certainly I think, you know, in society, and now with the ad addition of social media, you know, we always want to perceive that we have it all together, right. that we know what we're doing, right. <laughs> right. that we, you know, so that's one thing. And then another thing is that if you think about it, sometimes we're not your friends or family, they're not equipped or they don't know what to do when you express that you have a concern. So we can like keep it to ourselves because they're like, I, they're not going to help me or they may make me feel bad because I need help or why you can't figure this out or why you can't pull yourself together. Like what's taking you so long. And, um, and that is where I would say therapy, you know, some type of counseling helps so you can go talk to someone outside of your family system or your friendship system. That's an objective, you know, offers an objective point of view. So that's what the shame is, is everything around you. We're, we're getting messaging from everywhere that, you know, you should have it together. You should be a boss. You should be this. You should be running this. Wait a minute. You should be a boss. Me and my daughter had a conversation about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Realistically, all the, if you think about all the things you're being told to do, it really is a lot. And add to that, we've experienced a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So things that we had time to do, it takes longer to do now. Your store hours have changed. Your doctor's hours have changed. Everything is, you know, before maybe you went to one grocery store to find everything you need, but because of the supply chains, everything is not there. So you got to, you need to use time to go to another grocery store. So maybe something that took you an hour is now taking you two hours. So that's all of these little things that are happening. But if you turn around and say, 
um, I can't get it together. I feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Or I need we help. Get feed- I need help. Yes, or yeah. I need help. We can get feedback. It's not intentional. I don't think it's intentional, but others can feel uncomfortable when we're not well. So then they don't know what to do. So they're just like, well, you just need to do this. And so then that can make you feel like, well, honestly, you've probably, we've all probably tried everything we knew to do to help ourselves get together. Right. And so then you, you feel ashamed because it's like, well, why can't I, why can't I just pull myself? Why can't I get myself out of bed? Why can't I be happy? And there are some additional issues and things we need to address. Well, also because this, this thought just came in my mind growing up, how people used to say, uh, be strong. And and I'm, I can remember my mom dying. Someone said, be strong. I said, no, I don't want to be strong because being strong is not so showing a sign of weakness. I need to cry and grieve because Jesus wept in the Bible as well. And I can't be strong. I'm going to be weak for the rest of my life over my mother. And that's okay to say that, no, I don't want to be strong. I don't need to be strong in this moment. Um, This is my mom. I mean, I don't, you know, but again, people grieve differently as well, but I'm not going to suppress what I feel because I know better as a counselor myself. I can't suppress what I feel. And I think people need to be careful and not try to, like you said, sweep it on the rug or just try to say you should be over this. And why are you still on the rug? Why are you still in the, uh, can't get out of bed? Instead of saying, what can I do to help you out? Is there anything I can do to get you the help that you need? What can I do to help you out? That Do you agree with that? I agree. And I also that sweeping under the rug action that actually causes the problem to last longer. So something that we could have addressed sooner and moved past, because we are supposed to walk through the valley, like you, we're going to have valleys. Right, <laughs> we're right. Have, that's I true. Mean, that's true. It's in the word of God. So yes, and it says walk through the valley. So what happens when you sweep it under the rug, you stay in the valley. Mm-hmm. And something that was just a scab continues to fester. It gets an infection. It turns worse. And a small thing I love that. turns into a bigger thing. So that, you know, that person saying, just be strong, that wasn't appropriate for you because you needed to process those feelings. Had you agreed with that advice and did that and like tried to stuff your feelings down, Mm -hmm. then down the road, they're going to come back and they come back bigger and stronger. And then what happens? And, And that's where we can turn, like our mental health can take a nosedive and in turn into a mental diagnosis. Wow, that is so explained. I mean, that is very well explained. It makes sense now. Now I have an idea, but also, yeah, I think in my thoughts, it's like we appear to look weak. I think you even said it before, weak before others, or we're not good enough. Like social media can be one of those platforms. I've when I look sometimes, like, oh my god, you know, it's just it's so overwhelming with so much stuff. And uh, if you're not careful then we want to gravitate to that and think that we have to look a certain way or we have to have a certain body size or shape or whatever as women. And we look down on ourselves as well. And so to me, that brings, and then you can see people are ranting and raving on the internet today as we speak, certain people can't say a name, but, but I'm just saying (laughs) it's not, it's, I'm, I'm not laughing at that. I'm just saying that we can see how people lash out online too, as well, when they have a mental issue because you can see it in the behavior online. It is so, so sad. It's just so sad. Correct. That, that and that is that not that. the appropriate. It's right. Not, That's not no. the, the appropriate place. It can. So here's the thing. Social media, there have been people 
on social media had, that have posted, hey, I'm having a rough day. I don't feel like hanging on. I'm hanging in there. And there are people that I know that have been their friends that saw that and said, hey, call me and come and meet me. But also there are others on social media that may just post and which we are experiencing this time where people are posting, but they're not really asking for support. They don't want help. And that's not a good thing because even as a therapist, I was taught in my program, like not to let your clients come in and emotionally vomit on you. And that means someone that's just coming in and they're just dumping and venting and they have no intention of doing any work or getting any better. So we have to be careful of that energy as well, not just in social media, but in our life where people are just coming, they're dumping this information, this energy. And what can happen is you could end up being anxious or you could end up feeling sad and it's not even your stuff. So wow, that's true. That's, yeah. So you have to pay attention to what is being allowed and what's happening and people's in intentions around what they're doing right because i feel like if you really want help and you're really seeking out a psychotherapist then why go there and just dump why not want to do the work why not want to be better instead of wasting your time and their time as well but that's just me how i think right i mean no that that is that is correct and i will say that i am in a community of counselors psychotherapists psychologists psychiatrists and don't think that when when those things are happening, we are some of us are reaching out to the certain people or people that are experiencing like, hey, you need a counselor. What area you are you in? I can connect you to someone because, I, you know, that's a responsible thing to do. We're here to serve the community and help people. And then you really see what's happening because you may not get a response. Some people will say yes. Where can I find someone? And you, we can refer them to a directory. And some people are just not responding at all. Wow. So hopefully, yeah. So hopefully they are getting some help, but you you just never know. So at the end of the day, we, we are all individually responsible for ourselves and making sure that we have the right connections to God, to ourselves, and to those that we allow into our lives for our mental health. And I like exactly what you said. At the end of the end of the end of the day, we're all responsible for ourselves. And that is so true. To me, that's been a mature Christian in Christ saying that is something wrong with me if I'm afraid, if I'm scared. Okay, let me call my girlfriend up. Let me call my sister up. Let me call my brother up to see if he can help me navigate through what I need to do, what my next step step might be if I'm kind of afraid or scared. That's when that um, that little circle comes into into uh, to place, you know, the people that you trust, you know, is that you trust in your circle that, you know, they, they're going to be able to help you kind of navigate through this some kind of way and allow it to stay with them. You have to trust them for that, that with that information. as exactly. well. Exactly. And that's why our community is so important and it who is. we're connected to. It is. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So how can we navigate through depression and anxiety with God? How do we do that? Absolutely. Well, you know, the absolute thing that is always important is your prayer time and your relationship with God. Because as your relationship and understanding of God and who God is grows, then you understand who you are and your relationship with yourself and how you should grow and how we should make moves and how we should behave. And there's a different type of confidence, a peace, and assuredness that comes along when we have that when we have that relationship and that experience. Um, 
I think as early on when we're young Christians, we may have an experience of God just on Sundays where we feel like we have to run to church on Sundays or run to Bible study when we don't realize (laughs) and take into consideration God is with us at all times, in all things, at every moment. And when you shift into that, that can give you a peace and an understanding and a comfort knowing that wherever I am in in whatever moment I can call out, I can ask, I can have this conversation with this God power that's right here with me and have a solution. So that's for sure um, one way. The other way is reading your word, reading the word of God. It's definitely a lot of encouragement there and taking those scriptures if you need to at one I mean, I have scriptures on note cards. I, I do too. I on, do too. On, on post-it notes. I do too. You know, for what you need in a moment, because that's what meditation is. Meditation is muttering unto yourself. And that means you may have to say that scripture over and over and over to yourself. If you're not where you're able to have that relationship, you could just have that conversation with yourself, muttering the scriptures. You know, take the scriptures and put your name in them. Make them personal. Because it is personal. God is very concerned and personal about us and how our lives should be and wanting the best and wanting us to live a purposeful, beautiful life. So those are two things. I definitely like when you said uh, having that confidence and peace that that is so it's so profound and true, because without the confidence and peace, then we're just kind of walking around um, just in a, a certain state. Or whatever, and 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 it's not at God. Excuse me, it's not at God's best as well. You know, God, like you said early on, that God wants the best for us. So if we can't get it together uh, spiritually with Him, then again, we're we're missing out. I think that's what I'm trying to say. We're missing out on blessings. We, we're missing out on opportunities. Yes, we're just missing out. And I feel like to me. Those, there's no purpose there and missing out what God has for you. And it's kind of put on a bookshelf until you try to figure it out or whatever the case is. And then you also said the word is encouragement. And I can remember, of course, going through my anxiety, as I said earlier, and just meditating on scripture, uh, morning time, lunchtime, uh, nighttime before I went to bed. I was always had my, my Bible open. I don't care if it's just three or four scriptures that I just meditate on it every day. Those were scriptures of encouragement and they were just for my set issue that I had at that time. And as I grew, of course, I have way more word in me now today, but I'm just saying to you that it's just amazing how the word of God can really, really heal you. It's it's healing for the soul. Would you agree it with that? Is. Yes, it is definitely healing for the soul. And as you were talking, what, what came to mind Um, that I want to also mention is when you have that confidence and to make those decisions, what happens is that relationship grows and your confidence grows, but also your discernment and wisdom grows. So you know how to move, you know how to discern situations and you don't have that anxiousness of, should I have done this? I don't know what, maybe this, you just know like, no, that's not for me. I can keep on going. And then you just move on and you're fine. Wow, I love that because I missed that part too. That component and, and discernment is so key for us for our lives. I mean, God warning us about something or tell us, us telling us something that's going to happen ahead of schedule. I mean, that's the way He works in my life, and I know He works in your in His your life as well. But 
having a discernment and praying for high. I always pray for a higher level of discernment for my life, for my daughters, for my family, that we all would just have that discernment uh, through Christ, which is so key to growth is key to um, just being connected to him as well. That one-on-one relationship, but you have to work at it spiritually, not go into works, but work at it spiritually with a one-on-one relationship with him. That is so key. Yes. So Andrea, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate you taking out the time to chat with me today. Can you please provide your social media platforms or your website so the audience can contact you? Sure. And it was a pleasure being here. I really, really hope that this blesses someone's life and enhances their life in so many, many ways. And if you'd like to find me, my website is uh, at beautifulsoulsessions.com. On social media, I'm Beautiful Soul on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm also at Andrea.m.mosley at Facebook and Instagram as well. So look forward to connecting with you in one of those beautiful places. And she is definitely a beautiful soul. I've had the pleasure of knowing her a couple of years now. And it's been a true, sheer, sheer blessing to know you and to continue to allow our, our, our relationship to grow as well in our friendship. So thank you again. And uh, you've been a blessing to the podcast today as well. So thank you for tuning in today. Always live your truth with God's guidance. Blessings. <music>